This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, yesterday at this time, we took a listen to part one of Nikki Reitmeyer's report on what it's like to be behind the wheel as an Uber driver. She put the call out for drivers to contact her and got some great responses from drivers in various different cities where Uber has been up and running for quite some time. In a moment, I'll let you know what the stats are when it comes to illegal ride hailing in B.C. But first, take a listen to part two of Nikki's report. The six different Uber drivers that I spoke to told me about two features that really seem to separate the taxi industry experience from ride-sharing companies like Uber. There is the rating system, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Then there is stuff that drivers keep in their cars for passenger comfort. And this isn't stuff that you find in your average taxi cab. To explain what they keep in their cars, here are three drivers that I spoke to. Sean, who's an Uber driver in Denver, and then John and Cody, who are both Uber drivers in Toronto. Yeah, so I drive a Toyota Prius. It's 2013, and uh, it's obviously the hybrid, so it's really good on fuel. And that was something I definitely wanted to have in, a, in the car I'd be using for Uber because, yeah, keeping your overhead low is, is key. And, uh, well, in the car I keep phone charges, chargers for various phones like USB-C, micro-USB, and, like, all the, all the chargers for, for people to keep their phones topped up, um, tissues, you know, gum and water bottles I try to keep, although lately they've been freezing with the temp, the really cold temperatures. Uh, yeah, I give out bottles of water and candies, and I keep my car as clean as possible. I got movies in the back. We were just watching Spaceballs with my last trip. Really? Okay, so what sets your car apart from other cars? Well, I drive a Chevy Tahoe. There's uh, candy, gum, lint rollers, chargers, waters. I'm their private driver, and the car is their private space. Do you want to come up to Vancouver? You can be my personal driver. I love the sounds of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I get all these five-star ratings, and I get tips. Hey, so tell me about the rating system, because that's one thing that really separates Uber from the taxi industry, is the fact that uh, the drivers get rated, and the drivers, in turn, can rate their, their customers. Do you think that the rating mm-hmm. system is um, is a positive or, or maybe a negative when it comes to the Uber system? Oh, it's- It's absolutely a positive, just like all this peer-to-peer stuff is. Uh, The only thing that people don't understand is that four stars and lower is a fail. So if I rate a a passenger at four, something's pretty wrong, and and he's going to take a ding on his rating. And if I get a four-star view, I'm like, hey, what was wrong with my ride? Unlike any other metric system anywhere, uh, you know, rating a four out of five is usually pretty good. But in Uber, four and under is a fail, and people don't realize that. Is that... um because of the perception of it, or is there actually a mandate from the company that says, look, you better keep above four? No, that, uh, well, they, they will turn off your account under 4.7, so it only takes a couple uh, lower reviews to get there. Uh, so they, want, they will send us a notice under 4.7 as a driver. And then for riders, I will not pick up somebody under 4.7. If we do get ride-sharing in B.C., this could be a big employment opportunity for people looking for flexible part-time work. Now, the six Uber drivers that I spoke to gave me a fair bit of insight into what it's actually like to be an Uber driver. And before I hung up the phone, I asked them, do you think that we should have something like Uber here in British Columbia? 
Absolutely. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. I think it's not necessarily Uber in general, but any ride-sharing program that allows clients to request rides anywhere from their smartphone, which, yeah, should definitely be introduced there in the near future. I think Uber should be everywhere, even Vancouver. Uh, I think it's great for everybody, and it has a lot of benefits for people that just want to make extra money, too. I think they should have a ride-share company. Don't necessarily know if it should be Uber. Do you think that Vancouver, after everything you've told me, uh, do you think that Vancouver should have a system like Uber as well, whether or not it's Uber, but a ride-sharing system? I do. I do. Yeah, I was, I was actually in Vancouver a couple months ago, and uh, I was I was sad to see that Uber wasn't something that I could use, and I had to use a taxi, which was fine. Uh, it was it was it was it worked for me, but uh, Uber is definitely cheaper. Um, here in the states, it's almost half as expensive as taxis are, and I just find that it's a lot more convenient. So I think Uber is a great system, and I, I definitely think they should be there in Vancouver. What you've been listening to are the conversations I had with six Uber drivers from around the world about the benefits and concerns of working for a ride-sharing company. So after hearing what you've heard, if we had ride-sharing here in British Columbia, would you ever consider driving for a company like Uber? For 980 CKNW, I'm Nikki Wright-Meyer. Now, the question of should we have ride hailing in B.C. is one that is asked very often. Many people say absolutely. Ask mayors in the Tri-Cities. So we've talked to Mike Clay in Port Moody before. He would definitely like to see it saying there simply aren't other options. Transit doesn't go late enough. Taxis will drop you off without taking you all the way home. Uh, We don't know when ride hailing or ride sharing will be allowed with a made in B.C. solution because we can't just take how it's being used effectively and successfully in other jurisdictions. But there are, as we know, a few illegal apps that are out there. And I put that question to the Transportation Ministry last week. I was working on a story at Global. And the answer I got back was interesting, at least I thought so, because I was asking about a particular company or a particular app called ReRide, which if you go to their website or their app, they're actively recruiting drivers and they say they are active in Vancouver. They're not yet. They're still working out the bugs for the app, but plan to be active in Vancouver within the next month. And when I asked the company, how do you get around that? Because... It hasn't been regulated here. The government is saying it's not allowed. The response I got was too bad. There's nothing that says I can't do this. It's a service that people need. And we are going to offer that service to people if they want to become drivers or if they want to become passengers with our app. So the response I got to this from the Transportation Ministry, the Ministry of Transportation and Infrastructure, was the ministry, through its passenger transportation branch, has received complaints about re-ride and has an open investigation. Uh, We are also aware of several other companies under the names of Longmao, Udi, I don't know how to say the last part of this, Udi Kayach, U-Drop, Raccoon Go, Go Kaboo, Ding Dang Carpool, and AO Rideshare that have all developed ride sourcing apps and have been busy recruiting drivers for hire and contacting or connecting passengers with these drivers. It is important to note that it is the driver, not the app, that is subject to penalties for operating illegally on the road. So if you sign up to be a driver with one of these companies and you get caught, it's not the people who develop the app. It's not your boss who takes the fall. It's you. The ministry went on to say, The passenger transportation branch has issued more than 20 cease and desist orders to vehicle owners with uh, and, and 11 violation tickets to drivers. 
The violation tickets, $1,150 each. It is also important that the people signing up as drivers for these companies understand that they are assuming all of the risk related to providing the rideshare service. In other words, the driver is subject to all penalties for operating illegally on the road, and they are subject to fines of $1,150, as well as further penalties for not disclosing the commercial use of their vehicles to their insurance provider. Customers need to know that if they choose to get a ride through these apps, they are choosing to take a trip in a vehicle that has not been licensed to operate legally and safely in B.C. So I'm curious if by any chance any of the 11 drivers who got these tickets, the violation tickets for $1,150 each, if any of you are listening or if you know any of the drivers that got these tickets, please email me. I want to know what the experience was like. I want to know why you signed up to be a driver with these car share services and what you're going to do with the ticket. Are you going to pay it? Or are you going to be much like the operator of the Rewrite app saying, there's nothing that says I can't do this. There's there's no law that says this is illegal, so I'm going to keep doing it. 1150 bucks is nothing to sneeze at, especially if you are a driver in one of these companies and you're trying to just make an ex- a bit of extra money. Kind of flies in the face of that. Uh, it's also curious the price of that ticket. That's a lot more than a lot of other infractions on the roads that actually put people in danger Whereas I would argue this one probably doesn't. But what do you think about this, about the idea of ride hailing in B.C.? The illegal companies, there's about seven of them now that are involved in this. What should be done? You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at CKNW.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.